Welcome to La Mezcla Latina, where we discuss all things music, culture, career, and lifestyle regarding the Latinx community. I'm your host, Dominica, and I can't wait to chat in this week's episode. So sit back, relax, and get ready to learn more about La Mezcla Más Vieja. Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode con La Mezcla Latina. Today's episode is all about movies. So I wanted to kind of, you know, give you a long list, but a lot of the, the ones that, you know, when you Google, you you just get the same repetitive ones, the ones that we always see being, you know, portrayed on the movies with like Jennifer Lopez, No Hate, Love Her to Death. Um, and she's actually in one of the recommendations, but uh, you just get the stereotypical ones or just movies in general that are not about the Latinx community, just have like actors playing the same stereotypical roles of maids or of the criminals, you know? And so I kind of wanted to give a different perspective um and I found this awesome article by Elle magazine and the the writers um you know they give their take on the movie uh, and kind of give a brief synopsis but what I did is I picked out five with two bonus ones at the end and these are all telling kind of different stories and because um, I didn't want it all to be like all about crime or all of them to be thrillers, you know, so I picked out five. The list has 40 total, so I'm going to link it down below um, or like in the description of this episode, and you should definitely check it out because there's so many cool genres, cool topics being discussed, cool, there's just like a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, and I feel like a lot of these aren't well known. Some of these made it to film festivals, so obviously like, um, they might not have gotten as much coverage. Uh, there's there's a little bit of everything in that list. And there's also, you know, some movies that are cartoons. And, you know, so I, I didn't mention those here. But those are also great. And especially if you're a parent or if you have siblings, little cousins. I'm sure those would be a great watch. But I did include one here that is also great for the younger generation. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to go through the title and give you a brief description of the movie and then I'm going to go and read um, the thoughts of the authors because they actually watched it. I should probably mention that that I didn't actually watch these um, but I just picked out the five that I was like whoa if I if I was reading this article I would be like okay um and like I mentioned there's 40 so there's so many more and the last two that I'm going to mention I actually did watch um a couple years back and it's amazing because I feel like what I like the most is knowing uh the historical context of things and then seeing how those are portrayed in movies and not necessarily like a documentary but you know like still a fiction movie um but you can see like the historical connections between the the characters the plot and what actually happened in real life so enough talking let's just get into it um number one and obviously these are not in any particular order in terms of like the best to watch the most rated with you know like the highly rated or whatever it's just how I went through down the list but okay so at number one we have I Carry You With Me directed by Heidi Ewing uh, the movie came out in 2020, so last year. It's rated R. It's an hour and 51 minutes long. And this is the description. So it says, An epic love story spanning decades is sparked by a chance encounter between two men in Provencal, Mexico. 
Based on a true story, ambition and societal pressure propel an, ins- an inspiring chef to leave his soulmate and make the treacherous journey to New York where life will never be the same. So reading this, I was like, oh, wow, Mexico, um, love story, you know, um, his soulmate. But that doesn't really give you much context. And if you look at the picture, you see that it's two men. And so the description or I guess the review of the author from Elle magazine, they said, This is a beautiful story and a powerful depiction of the immigrant experience. Its approach to discussing the struggles and fears men within the LGBTQ plus community suffer in Mexico and how they hide who they are to try and quote unquote pass within Mexican society um, was very well handled. And he says it's quite refreshing to see a new LGBTQ plus film involving the perspective of Mexican culture. And this is Juan who okay. wrote this. And I feel like that that gives you a little bit more context than just the description and the image of the, the movie. So it's about, you know, one, about the immigrant experience and two, about, like, men within the LGBTQ community. And I think what's important here is also how the they're saying, you know, what they face within the Mexican community and, like, how society um, depicts this and... You know, according to him, it was very well handled and how that was portrayed. So that's highly on my list. I don't know about you guys, but I'm definitely going to give that a watch. So at number two, we have El Secreto de Sus Ojos, which is the secret in their eyes. Um, And this was directed by Juan Jose Campanella. And this movie came out in 2009, rated R, two hours and nine minutes, so a little bit longer. Um, So the description of this on google imbd like it i feel like it gives it all away um so i'm just gonna read the very like two first two sentences and then go into the review because if i read the whole thing you're gonna be like what but okay so it says in 1999 retired argentinian federal justice agent benjamin esposito uh is writing a novel using an old closed case as the source material And then it says, that case is the brutal rape and murder of Liliana Coloto. And then it says, in addition to seeing the extreme grief of the victim's husband, Ricardo Molares, uh, Benjamin, his assistant, Pablo Sandoval, and newly hired Department of Chief Irene uh, Mendez Hastings were personally affected by the case as Benjamin and Pablo tracked the killer, hence the reason why the unsatisfactory ending to the case has always bothered him. And so I'll stop it right there, which... Obviously, I don't know about you, but that kind of enticed me. I was like, ooh, like a thriller, mystery type of thing. And so the the reviewer, which I guess was also Juan, he says, one of the best crime thrillers I have ever seen. It says the, nine, the 2009 film, which won the Academy Award for Best International Feature, uses its nonlinear narrative to explore a rape and murder case, as well as the effects people can feel when haunted by their past mistakes and missed opportunities. And then he says, one of the things I appreciated about this film is that it doesn't shy away from showing the best and the worst of Argentinian culture and also manages to blend a crime mystery with a love story in a really well-balanced way. And so one that's another thing that really enticed me. Um, you know, he talks about the Argentinian culture and I only know so much, you know, but I feel like this is a cool way, I guess, to see that um, culture 
being brought to life. So that's a cool one. You know, I feel like we can all go for a crime mystery in this spooky October season. Um, but okay, number three, we have Vampires versus the Bronx, directed by Os Rodriguez. And this movie came out in 2020, so last year. It's PG-13, and it's an hour and 25 minutes. And I'll read the description. It says, A group of young friends from the Bronx fight to save their neighborhood from gentrification and vampires. I feel like this was also another one that, you know, fit well with the monthly theme of, you know, October and Halloween or whatever. But this is the one that I mentioned that could also be a great watch if you have, uh, you know, younger younger people in your life, like brothers, sisters, cousins, kids, anything, um, because the reviewer of this, Gabriela Burgos, she said, I grew up loving everything that I had to do, that had to do with creatures, monsters, vampires, werewolves, you name it. However, I never once saw people like me be the heroes fighting the monsters, which is why this film holds a special place in my heart. From everyone coming together to battle vampires to characters using adobo as a weapon, Vampires vs. the Bronx has a lot of heart and represents the community beautifully while also offering adventure and commenting on gentrification in New York. It says, it's the type of film that I needed as a young child to see myself as the hero of the story rather than a minor character. And I feel like, one, this film, it just was released last year. So I feel like the representation's not going to, I'm not going to say it's, like, accurate, but it's going to be modern, right? And so I feel like that's a cool thing for the younger generation to see. And honestly, it also just kind of enticed me. I want to I know what, you know, this vampire versus the Bronx is really about, you know. Um, and it's cool that, you know, you, you're getting a film about kids who want to save their neighborhood. Because I feel like everything now is so, like, tech this check that you know um but yeah that's a that's a good way to you know get another genre in there so we've gone through a love story about the lgbtq plus mexican community we went through a thriller like a crime thriller and now we just went through um a i don't even know what to call this like a a fun light-hearted kids sort of movie um and then if we continue to number four we have perfume de gardenias which is directed by macha colon and this came out this movie came out this year 2021 it's an hour and 37 minutes long it didn't have the rating on there but from what i'm gathering it's probably like pg-13 i could be wrong it, it wasn't listed um but this movie, it's about, um, it's a narrative feature film about Isabel, an older woman who, after becoming a widow, flourishes as a decorator of peculiar funerals. Um, and this, that's like what it said. Um, and then I looked at another website and it says that she gets chosen from a group of gossipy women. And, you know, I was like, oh, okay, interesting at first, like, that's all I read, and I was like, okay, maybe I shouldn't include it in this, but then I read the review, and, um, of the author from Elle, and it says, this film is a portrayal of the Puerto Rico that exists now, and the one that is rarely presented in on screen. It says, Perfume de Gardenias premiered at the 2021 Tribeca Film Festival and quickly became one of my favorites of the event. It was inspired by real life events and was released during a very interesting political time in Puerto Rico. 
She says, I won't spoil it, but seeing that aspect of our culture deeply moved me because despite it not being the happiest of topics, there was someone talking about it and exposing audiences outside of the island to the reality that we live in. And so that review kind of like flipped the switch for me, I guess, because now I'm intrigued. I want to know more. Um, I feel like by the description, I'm kind of like, okay, like she, you know, starts to work funerals. But now knowing that it shows more about um, the Puerto Rico that, you know, isn't talked about, I feel like is what enticed me about it. Entonces, I don't know. I I really want to check it out. And if any of you do too, definitely let me know on Instagram. But now let's move to number five. So this one um, se llama Pelo Malo. It was directed by Marina Rondon. And this uh, film came out 20 in 2013. It's an hour and 33 minutes long. Again, it didn't have the rating. Um, my guess is PG-13. It's about a nine-year-old boy. It says... A nine-year-old boy's preening obsession with straightening his hair elicits a tidal wave of homophobic panic in his hard-working mother. And from reading that, I was like, okay, interesting. Also, this came out in 2013. The first thing that grabbed my attention was a boy wanting to straighten his hair. Because we, I feel like, personally, I don't, I feel like this is a, a, a huge sentiment that a lot of us share within the community. But a lot of us want to conform to that, like, typical look right and so I feel like growing up I also want always wanted to straighten my hair I didn't have curly hair but I have you know wavy hair and I also wanted to do that so I never thought you know as a kid that my male counterparts also experienced this um and so seeing that this was the premise of the movie that's what kind of drew me in and then I read the description of the reviewer and it says Even with the inherent beauty of Latinx culture, some not-so-beautiful things still prevail, like homophobia, racism, and misogyny. Um, Those aspects of the culture are what director Marina Rondon addresses in her film with Pelo Malo. The plot follows a young boy who has thick, curly hair but wishes to straighten it to look like the rest of the boys in his class and to recreate the hairstyles of his favorite singer. The boy's wish causes a lot of drama because his family thinks that straightening hair or doing anything to it is something that's only reserved for women. It brings forward important conversations about the internalized misogyny and homophobia that prevails in many families to this day and many other taboo topics. Um, And then she says, I'm so glad this film exists. That was Gabriela. And I feel like like she mentioned, even though this movie came out in 2013, those topics, those stories are still very much prevalent. And so I feel like this is a great film not only to watch um, for kids who who are experiencing this, but also just, you know, people from the older generations. Obviously, I have not watched it, so I, I don't know exactly how the portrayal is shown, you know, in the film. But by the description, by the review, I feel like this is a great one to watch. And so those are the five that I picked out from the list that kind of gave um, a, a, a different aspect to movies. You know, not all of them were, you know, criminal based or whatever. So I hope you guys check out one of these. Again, the list is linked so you can read all 40 and see if there's one that you like. 
But as I mentioned, there's two bonus ones that I had watched a while back. But like I mentioned, I like that they're tied to historical context. So the first one, or I guess six, if you will, is Mi Familia. It's about a second generation Mexican immigrant um, who narrates his family history, beginning with the journey of his father, Jose, um, across Mexico to Los Angeles, where he meets Maria and starts a family. And then it says each subsequent um, generation contends with political and social hardships ranging from illegal deportations in the 1940s to racial tension and gang fights in the 60s and 70s and it says yet through it all or perhaps because of it the family remains strong and what I really like about this one is that um you know it talks about like the pachucos like all this historical stuff and you when you watch it you will notice that a lot of the actors are so like well known like you'll see like almost the entire cast from George Lopez, Jennifer Lopez to um, Jacob Vargas, um, a lot of a lot of well-known actors. And this one I know for sure is available on YouTube because that's how I had to watch it. But um, yeah, very interesting time to watch. And then the seventh and final bonus one is in the time of the butterflies um this is all about the three sisters who became activists during the dominican republic's trujillo era um when members of their family were killed by the government's troops so it, the the miraval sisters started this like rev- they were like a symbol of the revolution and so um the the reviewer of l actually did mention this one and she says the mirabal sisters have become a symbol of revolution for they were known for being strong oppressors of the rafael trujillo dictatorship that had taken over the dominican republic their vocal disagreement and activism against trujillo resulted in their murders which transformed the history of the country the siblings have become martyrs and are remembered as some of the many people who have lost their lives defending their country from the abuse of power. This film documents the moment in history and it's and it reminds us that the Mirabal sisters should not be forgotten. And I totally agree. And I think Salma Hayek is in this one and she does a beautiful job portraying the sisters. And yeah, I definitely also recommend this one. It's a great film. So I hope you take a chance this time, um, sometime this month or this weekend or sometime in the near future to watch one of these films or just read the list and check it out, recommend it to someone or, you know, put it on your to-do or your to-watch for the future. Um, I feel like there's so many great stories being told that are so far from the mainstream media that always depicts stereotypical conversations and stereotypical um, depictions of the Latin community. But that's it. Those are all the recommendations. Thanks so much for listening. That's going to be it for today's episode. Again, thanks so much for listening. Please make sure you follow us on Instagram at Pod. That's P-O-D. And again, don't forget to tune in every Wednesday for a new episode to learn more about La Mezcla Más Rica.